Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing outside of the incredibly sore arms from all those weights you're lifting lately? Yeah, I know. Operation Get Swole. I'm doing good. This is a huge episode, man. I'm I'm proud to be here. I'm excited. This mm-hmm. should be a really fun one. I cannot believe we are here. Today we're celebrating 100 Yes, you heard it here first. You heard it here correctly. 100 episodes of the Third Party Podcast. And doing so, we got a bit of a fun episode, a bit of a comedy episode. Welcome to the first annual Apex Awards show hosted by Henry and Shay. It's going to be a great time. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to spitball. We're going to reminisce. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you join us in our Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, receive third-party updates. Link for that's in the description. Submit your Season 10 Emergence clips to our Dropbox links in the description or on our Discord clips channel for a chance to be featured on the Instagram or on our TikTok. It'll be awesome to have you over there. If you'd like to help join the third-party nation and give us another 100 episodes, Please go over to Patreon and show your support there. That's really what's keeping the third party going. We've been able to expand our equipment, expand our team in order to continue to do this at such a high level with the consistency. There's tons of benefits over there. Ad-free listening, merch, gaming sessions, incredible behind-the-scenes episodes that go far, far too long. So we'd really love to see everybody over there. It means the world to us. The 200th episode might have to be live, you know, in person somewhere if we make it that far at this point. But 100 episodes down, 1,000 more to go. Thank you to everyone. We just want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners, everyone that has listened from the beginning, that has started listening on Tuesday. You all matter to us. Thank you all so much. Thank you to our patrons made it possible. Henry just mentioned it, but it is so true. It wouldn't be here without you guys at all. And it means the world to have the support of a community. Henry and I couldn't have dreamed this one up when we thought we were just, you know, going to start talking on a podcast about a game that we spent way too many hours playing amidst a pandemic. Absolutely. I mean, it's so weird to think about how far we've come and to think, what did we do that has got us this far and it's a question that we get asked a lot as well and it's always difficult to come up with an answer of exactly how we took intentional steps to build this incredible community but i think we've said it in the past but consistency has been Mm -hmm. big being able to say and look back over 100 episodes and say we've never missed an episode we've come out at least once a week every single week since the beginning and We've done even more than 100 episodes because we have dozens and dozens of bonus episodes for our patrons. So we just have been going hard, to be honest, and dedicated to creating the highest quality content we can at an absolute consistent basis. Yeah. Knock on wood, but uh, we haven't gotten sick since we've started the podcast. Another Don't big how. help. I, Henry and I have notoriously both been known for getting knocked out for at least a week at a time once a year. And that has not happened in the last two years. Knocking on wood, 
I think the Apex fans keep us healthy. I don't know what it is. I think they're just sending us good vibes or maybe we're in your prayers or something like that. A will to live. I don't know. A will to podcast. It's real. like haven't even had a sore throat. It's really crazy. A hundred episodes. Let's do it though. We're celebrating the first annual Apex Legends Awards. Congratulations to all the nominees that have been here. I'm excited. I I don't know exactly how we want to do this. If we're going to talk about in depth each and every one, we got some questions to get to at the end of the show, so we can't spend too much time. But really, this is just us being able to pull some really fun moments from our history playing Apex and doing the podcast. You want to kick it off with the first one? I do. Okay, let's do it. The first award goes to the most improved legend. Woo! And this one you may think is potentially hard to do, but it was kind of a no-brainer to the Academy. If you've been playing since day one, it is definitely a no-brainer. Yeah, the winner of most improved legend goes to Bloodhound. Congratulations to the speech, Blood. (laughs) An incredible journey Bloodhound has been on from being an original legend that was very much overlooked, who had a really unfunctional kit and that mm-hmm. it didn't actually reveal enemies with the scan. It was a snapshot. It wasn't incredibly accurate, difficult to use, difficult to actually get the full team utility out of. To fast forward to today where it has an incredible ultimate ability, one of the best tactical abilities in the game, now having survey beacons and being one of the most popular legends in the game, it's a real zero to 100 story for Bloodhound. Bloodhound has been on an incredible trip. My first win came as Bloodhound, which is kind of a fun little anecdote in my entire Apex career. And to be able to win even now as Bloodhound a bit more effectively is awesome. Congratulations, Bloodhound. The Academy will always have you back. The second award of the day, the most improved weapon. I think this one could catch some people off guard. I think this one is one that people need to potentially think about. Do you want to tease this one at all? (laughs) I mean, it is kind of a tough one because there's a lot of really good weapons in Apex and there's a lot of really interesting weapons that have had their power rubber band a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But the winner for most improved on the weapon side really goes to one that started off unusable Mm -hmm. and is now a very reliable option to be honest and that's something that we have to highlight something that used to be a joke or a challenge to use that you'd create youtube videos on is now something that you're buying in arenas you're picking up you might even keep it over other weapons in the same class the winner is mozambique here Going from lifeline, pinging as a necessity, as a joke, to like you said, something that's bought in arenas, can compete with other shotguns in the game. It's been on quite a journey. It went from a gun in which the developers described as, it's okay to have a gun that's not as good as others. And it still is you know, top tier, but it did go from unusable, absolutely unusable, to, man, I think I could kill somebody. If this is my secondary and I need to swap to this bad boy, 
from a journey of nothing to hammer points to increased mag size. Now where it is, Mozam's been on a journey. Congratulations, Mozambique. How can we not give it to a weapon that has doubled its magazine capacity? Yeah. Three to six without any change to the damage profile. That's something that you have to step back and say, wow, the Mozam is a winner of the most improved. This is going to be a sad one, this next award. (laughs) Yeah. So the next award is from riches to rags, a weapon that started off in so much glory and honor and has just fallen into poverty and just not really been able to carve out a decent living for itself. And so, I don't know. We've been discussing this weapon a lot recently, it feels. Um, Do you have anything else to say about? It's a gun that is now described as the, if I just didn't have that one, I would have pulled off the win. Or, oh man, not again, it let me down. That's not a good place you want to be, especially when it used to be, a little tease, used to be a care package gun was supposed to be one of the most dominant guns in the game of Apex Legends at a point. One that was closing end games, was dominant, was a comp dream to have. And now, as you said, it's racks, no longer the riches. So sad. But the winner of this sad reward is the Mastiff. <laughs> Going from a care package weapon to now what many would say is the worst shotgun in the game is a real interesting story. And Mm -hmm. I think the question is, is this intentional? Is this a normal life cycle for a weapon? Is this something that uh, was a goal to have? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't really think it was. I think that the weapon pool is so competitive and switching it up to keep it fresh requires weapons to change in power. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, know, you have weapons like the R301 that's going to be steady no matter what. But in other classes, like the shotguns, they're so unique that small adjustments can really have a major impact to their power. It's very interesting to see the journey this weapon has been on, and we'll see if it ever rises back to the riches it once was. The next award is a fun one, and it's proof that recoil can change everything. We do have a winner for this one, but recoil is just such an interesting topic. We always describe it as the X factor of Apex Legends, one that does not come up in the stat sheet, but can make the difference between using a gun versus not. A gun can have the fastest DPS in the world. If you can't hit a shot or control it at all, you're not going to be able to use the weapon. And this gun epitomizes proof that recoil can change everything in that once there was a recoil change, this gun changed everything about a singular season of apex legends in every way shape and form anything else i mean we talked about this weapon very very early in the first few episodes of the podcast as something that you know shouldn't really be used that if you're a beginner player and you need a huge magazine capacity sure you should use it but any other option is going to be better in terms of time to kill Mm-hmm. The recoil, being able to control it, being able to have versatility at different ranges. Um, it's interesting. I mean, this is something that we spoke with the with the weapons designer about, this idea of recoil and its impact on power. Mm-hmm. It's hard to look at the numbers when 
recoil is the X factor. And it determined the fate of this weapon more than anything else. The winner of the proof that recoil can change everything category is the Spitfire. The LMG that is now in the care pack that defined last season's meta. Man, it got some changes. It officially went from a gun that I think a lot of people deemed for a long time as uncontrollable and unusable to you put a purple barrel on it and you feel like you're shooting a laser beam at times. It's even gone, it's gone back and forth on those changes, but at its peak of its power, this gun, as the award states, changed everything. It's incredible. I mean, to go from a weapon that we wouldn't even pick up, we wouldn't recommend to being the most powerful, most popular, now a care package weapon is definitely proof that recoil changes everything. Clear winner. No doubt. The next award is the fly ball weapon. And this award goes to a weapon that started off maybe not so good. And <laughs> got really, really good. It went way up in the sky. It was a fly ball, but mm -hmm. then it came down pretty hard. It's one that at times on the podcast, we said, this is the best in its class. This is a must pick up at all times. You have it at the beginning of the game. You use it in the end game to now one that we struggle with and we end up fighting people on about, man, it's just, it's not as reliable as other options. You know, it has to have this, this, and this in order to really be even competitive. Mm -hmm. And so it's less so an award based around its power or not power, but more so the one of a kind journey that it's had from coming into the game to now in that it's been it's been a one arc roller coaster, pretty much, it seems. No doubt. The winner is the Havoc Assault Rifle. I think people sleep on the Season 3 Havoc as the most dominant gun to ever touch Apex Legends. I'm right about Season 3, right? That was the correct season? Season 3 and 4. I think season 4 three. is when they pretty much built in the turbocharger. That, and it had no mag. <laughs> it got to a point you would pick up a gun and be good for the end game. Like imagine the last season's L-Star, but it was incredibly dominant. It was considered one of the best guns in the game. It was easy to control. We talked about recoil obviously earlier with the Spitfire, but this is at the peak of the Havoc's power and the thing shot like a laser beam. It literally did shoot a laser beam at a point in time. Mm -hmm. And now it's easy to use requires no looting it was an easy favorite for so many people it was the means for many folks out there to get their 20 bombs and 4ks for a long time there as world's edge came into shape i mean it's just such a fall from grace to be from a assault rifle that had a base ammo capacity of 32 which is just incredible no attachments as 32 mm -hmm. bullets that's nuts. And then also with the damage profile and recoil and a built-in turbocharger, the DPS was off the charts. Now, it's more it's more down with the with the mortals. Um, I think it's a debate on whether or not it's a competitive assault rifle, but it definitely uh, has fallen a, a great distance from where it once was. 
The next award is the craziest choke in Apex Legends. Oh my goodness, are there a lot of nominees for this one. The game yeah. is defined by its chokes, and the chokes have changed over time. This is one that has stood out to the point of creating fr frustration for Henry and I to play the game. The only time that has ever happened amidst our nine seasons playing Apex Legends but this singular choke has definitely made Henry and I say, okay, time for arenas. Okay, time for a different video game. And that makes it, I think, the craziest choke in Apex Legends in that frame, but also in terms of the fact that the entire map funnels to this one spot in which it is a 20-team choke, essentially. And that is mayhem in of itself. Yeah, the winner of this, even though there are so many different nominees across all three maps, it's a clear winner just because, mm -hmm. like you said, the entire map is centered around this one location. That's mm -hmm. so unique. We don't have that on any other map. It's so, so, so unique. A lot of discussion around like Kings Canyon and the chokes around that. If you land on a different side of the map. You can completely avoid some of them. This winner, it is almost unavoidable. It is absolutely unavoidable. The winner of this category is Hammond. Hammond Labs. I don't, it's just, it's mayhem. We've said it all. You guys know at this point, but the entire map funnels here between the phase runners, the chokes, the rotations you have to make, the jump towers. And it's some of the craziest fighting out there and a very frustrating time for many of folks. And if it shrinks in this area, it's a crazy fight. Multiple levels of elevation, incredible difficulty in holding high ground as well. It's a tough, tough choke to find yourself in for Apex Legends. Yeah, I mean, to speak a little bit more about this winner, not only is the whole map centered around it and you're kind of forced into being there, but say you want to combat that by landing there. It's often a hot drop. It's a high tier loot area, so it's going to be contested. That isn't wonderful. But say you do that. Because it's such a choke, there's always going to be a third party. But given its positioning, it's also in a low point on the map. Mm -hmm. So getting out of it is really, really difficult. Not only is it a place you have to go through, but going around it, can be an incredible hurdle and leaving it can be almost impossible sometimes and just that well everybody is you're going against the the flow if you try to leave Hammond because everybody's coming in but it's also you're facing uphill battles you're you're facing tunnels going in a turbine it's really really hard to maneuver around this POI it's tough it's a crazy spot you said it well nailed all the details the next award is for the only legend that we're on a first name basis with. <laughs> and this is a fun one because in Apex, we have all sorts of names, stories, different relationships growing between the legends and their lore. Um, and some of the names are pretty creative, you know, like you get interesting kind of call signs almost to these legends, but they also have a first Jeez. and last name. Bloodhound, like it, it's really interesting. They, they're yeah. not names, but then we have this legend. Yeah, and the name 
kind of invokes a lot about what's their kit? What do they do? Like Lifeline, for instance, that's a very clear description as to what AJJ does in Apex Legends. The winner of this award, you guessed it, Loba Andrande. She's the winner. Loba is her name. Like we call her by her first name. The closest second to this is Gibraltar, which is his last name. But Loba mm-hmm. doesn't actually have a legend name in Apex Legends. Everybody just calls her by her first name. And the craziest part on top of that is everyone has nicknames. Pathfinder, yeah. Pathy, Gibraltar, Gibby, Jibby, whatever you want to say. Loba is just Loba. It's straight up. It's easy to say, easy to understand. And that's her. That's her identity. Full stop. Really, really unique. Have to give the award to her. And in kind of creating this episode and thinking about these different awards to give out, I've been playing a lot more Loba, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I love her kit. But thinking more about her character model, backstory, it's really interesting. You know, she is this high society thief. And Loba is a word for wolf. You know, what mm-hmm. is a wolf? Is a wolf a thief? Is a wolf rich? Like, not really. So it, it's interesting, I think, that her name is a wolf and she has that, you know, on her staff and that she's a very interesting character, an interesting mm-hmm. person to me. That There's a lot to unpack there where what is her identity? Who is she? What she's gone through, what she's going to go through and also what her abilities are. What does she bring to the team? Is it a wolf? I think it's kind of an interesting name, even though it is the first name. It's pretty clear, straight to the mm-hmm. point. Other legends have names that really define their abilities. I'm not even sure if Loba's does, and it's no, almost Loba, the most simple. Her abilities and her her name is defined by her backstory. Her you know her father you know defining her as the white wolf. You know Loba. It's interesting. She's different. And I, I think she's really cool for that. But yeah, I'm glad we've both been playing a good amount of Loba as of late and having some success. She's in a real good spot right now. I think she's the epitome of taking a legend from uh, pretty close to unusable for people for a little while to incredibly, incredibly solid and not overpowered. 100%. Love it. Next award, the most satisfying weapon to one clip with. Don't get us wrong. Any gun is great to one clip with. You one clip with anything and you're going to feel like you're having the time of your life. But this gun just shoots like a beam. And so to be able to one clip somebody, it's satisfying. It shoots quickly. It's great. It's a light one. And I think that the idea of one clipping is this dream in Apex Legends. And so to pull it off at any time is always fantastic. And this is a gun where you actually, you know, I think you can one clip with it. There's a lot of guns out there that might be theoretically more satisfying, but so incredibly difficult. It's just almost unrealistic to a point, unless you're obviously Daltouche, you know. (laughs) I I think that there's so many runners up. You know, the wingman is a very just visceral, like Mm -hmm. great weapon to one clip with. It's incredibly satisfying. The R99, also really close runner up to this award but the fact that the event is so rare that you're actually Mm -hmm. able to do it in a clean perfect one clip has both of those weapons fall short from the prize the winner of this award 
the R301 carbine. No, you Titanfall fans, not the R201, not the R101. This is the R301. I the think next the most, evolution. The next evolution, the sturdiest gun in the game that's been around since the beginning. It's never really changed, and it's not looking to change anytime soon. I think it's one both you and I have one clip people with plenty of times, and the satisfaction level is at an all-time high each and every time it happens. It's so strong. It's a laser beam. It does great damage. It's easy to control relative to other weapons of the same class. And the one clip potential is amazing. You always got to be shooting for that. I think it's something that you want to be able to pull off. If you can start a fight with a one clip knock, man, you got so much room to, to maneuver. No doubt. Next award is the best anti-ring legend. And it's an award that we honestly never really would have thought to include. In this game, I think as the hundred episodes have gone by of the third party, the game has changed a lot. We've gone from, you know, countering Legends abilities with the ring, forcing people to move with the ring quickly to now. Yeah. To now we have heat shields. Yeah. It's really incredible. Now we have vehicles. We have triadents. We have all sorts of things that allow you to fight against the pressure of the ring, which is such a important element in a BR to keep the action going, to keep people together, to determine a winner in a reasonable amount of time. But there have arose legends that are really good at fighting in the ring, escaping the ring, maneuvering, rotating through the ring. And we have an award for them. The nominees for the best anti-ring legend are between Octane and Valkyrie. Two legends that maneuver the ring in quite different ways, but do so both incredibly effectively. Yeah, it's very tough because the play style is so different between these two. Valkyrie has this ultimate that, without a doubt, is the best long-range rotational ability of all time. Octane also has an ultimate that has some serious distance potential. So how do these two stack up? Without further ado and drama, announcing the winner as Octane. And the reason behind this is it's not just Octane's ultimate. His entire kit is based around rotating through the ring. Mm -hmm. He's not going to have to use syringes if he gets touched by the ring because of the passive. He's going to be able to outrun the ring at pretty much any level because of his stem tactical. And then the ult allows his whole team to move incredibly quickly through the ring, and he has it so frequently that it can really be relied on all the time. Valkyrie, not always the case. You can get Mm -hmm. caught in tricky situations, and it can be hard to pull off. So Octane, if you like playing on the edge, you you like to risk it a little bit with your, your edge drops, Octane is incredible at getting you where you need to go and fighting against the ring. Octane is an incredible anti-ring legend, takes the prize here, and like you said, just can do it in such an effective way as often as possible. The amount of jump pad rotations people have found over the years playing the game are hilariously crazy, and I think that that just plays into this idea of experimentation to even get out of the ring and put yourself in these awkward situations and having the ability to even 
mess around with this. Octane is definitely a winner here. Valk just does it in a very different way. The next award, the best LTM of all time. This is one that maybe is up for debate for some people. I think Henry and I have had a clear answer for this one for a very long time in our heads. This was an LTM that allowed Henry and I to think about Apexes more than a BR. It really shifted things from, okay, Battle Royale, regular genre, Apex competes with everyone too. Wow, this game could expand into something else. I think this was the first time we ever were like, wow, what if we got a TDM? What if we got something like this permanently? It was a mode that came to us while we were not in school and we had a break and we spent hours and hours and hours. It was the mode that pulled us back into the game after we took a Call of Duty break right before we started the podcast. It has the best music of all time. It's one that's near and dear to our heart. Do you have anything else maybe to add before we announce this winner here? It's the gameplay, but also the context of it, like you filled in, and the fact that one of the most entertaining legends is the host. I think is just the nail in this award. The winner of this one is going to be Winter Express. For all the reasons we already stated, I don't even know if we need to dive into this one. There's some good ones out there, but this one's just going to, for the third party, for Henry and I, it's going to take the cake every time as of now. There's been incredible LTMs across the board. There's been LTMs that have changed the legend that I play, changed the weapons that I like, changed how you consider different uh, items, attachments, things like that. But I think Winter Express defined not only a new potential roadmap for Apex, but also largely inspired the creation of the third party. And so for the Apex Award brought to you by the third party, have to give it to Winter Express. No doubt about it. Next award going to the best third party legend. You thought we weren't going to include third partying in the Apex Award. Of course we do. But this one's a tough one. It's a There's a lot of really good options here because a lot of different legends can do good at third partying and also escaping the third party. So mm-hmm. many, many different abilities and legends tie into what could be the best third party legend. Some of the top potentials are Octane, Bloodhound, Revenant, and I'd also say Valkyrie. They all have really strong cases. They do. Yeah. It's different play styles. That's what it's always going to come down to in a BR and Apex is kind of, who's your main? Who are you most comfortable with? But if you're looking to third party and also protect yourself from third parties, I think that it's unfair to give it to anybody other than Octane. And he's coming off another win here at the Apex Mm -hmm. Awards, but it's true. Octane's ability to heal after a fight, heal while in a fight, move quickly, escape, attack, move the entire team, move down to uh, teammates. It's such a powerful kit that he is the best at making third parties happen and surviving them. Yeah, he's incredible. He's something else at this point. He is defining the meta of Apex Legends. He's the most popular legend in the game. I'm interested to see what the future of Octane holds. Obviously, he's a multi-winner at these Apex Awards, and that tends to lead to a nerf in recent history. So mm-hmm. we'll see if uh, how this shapes up in the future. Octane, well-deserved. 
as the third-party legend. He's defined the meta now for a couple of seasons. Before we get into the rest of our awards, though, and a couple of questions at the end of the show, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We're going to keep going with some awards and then wrap it up, as always, with some five-star questions. We're coming in now to a fun award, the most cutthroat legend in the game. Oh my goodness. Has Apex introduced some serious legends and characters into the game? Ones that shock you with their confidence and make your skin kind of creep with some of the other voice lines we've heard. And the introduction of character relationship voice lines, POI voice lines, everything has really taken this to another level. But Cutthroat is an interesting category, one that defines someone that is not going to mess around at all. They're not going to take no for an answer, and they're ready to probably compete in a blood sport more so than anyone else. Got anything else to add before we hit the nominees? That's right. It's a blood sport. And. I mean, it takes a lot to actually win this game in in the lore and in real, in in the gameplay. We have legends that are so lighthearted and kind. Watson, Gibraltar, like people that are just nice all the time. Pathfinder. Mm -hmm. But there are some legends that are just incredibly cutthroat. They will stop at nothing. They are always serious all the time. And I guess they deserve a reward today. The four nominees for this are Caustic, Revenant, Bangalore, and Valkyrie. All legends that are cutthroat in their own individual ways. I think that's another unique thing about it. Bangalore, being the IMC soldier, just kind of doesn't mess around. She's not really out there, you know, threatening to take your skin or anything. But I have a feeling if you're fighting with Bangalore, she's not going to let you put up with mistakes for very, very long. The introduction of Valkyrie, a very interesting character in this category, because I think if you look at her character model, some of her voice lines and lore, you don't see this cutthroat mentality. But when you dive into the lore, you see that she's fought for everything. She is a badass that has had to fight for absolutely everything, comes from one of the most cutthroat character legends or characters in the game's history, in the universe's history, in Viper. And she definitely has incorporated that into the rest of her kit. Caustic, I mean, oof, what do we need to say about Caustic and Rev in terms of cutthroat? <laughs> Caustic wants to make people suffer. He, yes. he has dedicated his adult life to doing experiments on innocent people. Mm-hmm. And he revels in the death and suffering of everyone but himself. Pretty tough. Pretty cutthroat. <laughs> Revenant is, I think, on another level in that Revenant has a grudge against everyone alive at this point. He not only despises his creators, overlords, Hammond Robotics for cursing him with this immortality and constant suffering and being a, a tool in their game of Apex Legends and also being this cutthroat hitman but it's come to a point where he not only is hating them having a rivalry with loba despising other legends but he pretty much just wants to kill everything and everybody and i think that's what makes revenant the winner 
of the most cutthroat legend. Revenant coming out as the winner is a second for me. And it comes down to as simple as this. I thought Caustic was so creepy I didn't want to play him. Caustic ended up not seeming as bad once Revenant was introduced into the game, made my skin crawl. Yeah, that's all we got to say about Rev. He's he's cutthroat. He's crazy. Pretty much. Next award is the best town takeover ever added to the game of Apex. There are so many great options here. I honestly think that the town takeovers are some of my favorite parts of Apex in general. I think it's where they are able to put the most love into the game because not only do they get to use creative, cool map components, but they're also tied to the legends, which is the name of the game. And there's so much emotion and story packed into those. Some of my favorites as kind of runners up are, I think the Bloodhounds Trials was so cool and that the style of it externally was incredible. The actual implementing of the AI prowlers into the game that give you a reward, incredible. Another runner-up, I think, is Cryptos on uh, King's Canyon. The map room, we love the survey beacon. I really like the design. I think that that's one that is pretty unique. It doesn't give you extra loot. It doesn't, it's not an incredible story element, but it gives you a strategic advantage in the game no matter what legend you play. That's big. The winner of this category, though, is one that for me defined and took a part of Apex Legends that was a fan service and something that came towards the end of games and dropping your guns and fighting it out and respecting with honor to one another and bringing it into the game in actuality. And in that frame, I think it's one of the coolest ones we've ever gotten. Yeah, Fight Night is the winner. And it's the best town takeover we've had. Not only does it have incredible loot, which I think is underrated, um, but Pathfinder is one of our favorite legends. He's on the cover of the show. He's the forever main. I mean, you can always love to have a Pathfinder on your team from an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. And his town takeover is not only in a great strategic location, has the great loot, has the fun components, is a great style. There's so much detail in it. I love it. My favorite part, though, about this town takeover is the fact that it initially came into the game called The Ring, yeah. which <laughs> is just such a, an epic fail almost. It's just funny, I think, to look back because every time in the dropship I say, we got to go ring. We got to go ring. And yep. It's just kind of funny because when you're rotating, that's not very effective to say, let's go ring or let's move to the ring. Yeah. Fight night, even though it's a little longer, had to squeeze it in there. Much better name. Definitely more effective. Next award is going to the most underrated POI added to the game. This is a POI that came to the game that Henry and I tried to tell you all about, tried to recommend for seasons, wanted everyone to go there. Incredible loot, incredible fighting action, incredible utilities outside of that, great rotations coming out, safe drop, one that never got the popularity that it truly, truly deserved. Can't tell you how many times we dropped here and it was empty and we were shocked every single time. 
this is a real special one to us. One that you guys have seen us drop at millions of times on stream. Anything else to add? Tell them what it is. The rig is the winner here. One that, guys, when we get Kings back in rotation, please go check it out. This thing has the loot of any top tier POI and is pretty much uncontested a huge portion of the time and allows for great rotations and ability to take fights confidently from where it's located on the map. It's such a great POI. I love it. I, I think that its location is great. You said the loot's there. It has a charge tower, but also it's just so fun to fight there. It's very yep. cool, the verticality, but also no matter where you are, there is an out. You're you're never up against the wall almost. You can always kind of decide to pick your fight, which is something that you have to look for in a POI that you're going to land a lot at and play a lot. Um, it's one that I wish more end rings were at because yeah. we're experts. End ring fights are really fun there. You got the walls as well. Mm -hmm. It's always a good time. This is a great POI and one that is never spoken of. The next award is the most aesthetically pleasing POI. Very subjective, folks. <laughs> very, very subjective. And it comes down to a couple elements. You know, it comes down to the map that it's on, the different elements within it. Um, but this is just purely subjective. I have a couple favorites, the first of which, Oasis. I Beautiful. really like the modern elements of it, the mixture of the water with the glass and the cherry blossoms. I really, really like the style of Oasis. We'll also add that this new revamp on Sorting Factory, Lava Siphoned, is incredibly cool. We almost mm -hmm. have a, a mirror to Oasis because in the control room uh, heading towards Harvester, you have a glass over lava, kind of like Oasis, but the mm -hmm. exact opposite. And I just think the, the large macro scale of both of these POIs is so appealing. Oasis, the two huge twin towers, and Lava Siphon, the mountain with smoke coming out of it. It's very, very exciting, I think. Yeah, Oasis is my winner here as well, but I got to give an honorable mention to Spotted Lakes. I think that the oil spill, water, reflection, rainbow color, just it looks absolutely stunning. It's surrounded by mountains, got a nice ocean view as well. It's a really great looking POI, a top tier one. The last award, the last award of the day, Apex is all about hot drops, and so we had to talk about the hottest drop in the game. This winner is one that has been around for a while, and whenever it's back, oh, it's back. It is back in full force, and it is chaos. And it is not just hot, it is on fire. It is insane. I'm just going to say the winner of this one, because then we can chat about it. It is crazy. The winner of this one, Skull Town, and I don't think it's particularly close, if I'm being honest. It You'll really isn't. 15 out of 20 teams there. The game will be over within eight minutes. Skulltown is the definition of Apex Legends for the OGs, and Skulltown is the hottest drop we've ever seen. Skulltown was so hot that it dropped right into the ocean. <laughs> okay? That's how hot it was. I mean, this is a POI that will always be famous for mm -hmm. the incredible gameplay, the incredible pace uh, of Apex, and I think it's one that we miss, 
but the game has changed so much and I think it's mm-hmm. better off for it. There are other hot drops, but no, nothing comes close to the insanity of Skulltown. That's going to wrap up the first annual Apex Legends Awards. Thank you all so much for being here. We're going to wrap it up, though, by answering some five-star questions from our amazing fans to wrap up our 100th episode. We appreciate you all for being here. The first question coming from whyme 77 If you love Apex Legends and want comprehensive, in-depth commentary, look no further. Henry and Shay are highly intelligent. Thank you. Charismatic. Thank you. And passionate hosts. Thank you. With boundless information and inspiration for all things Apex Legends. Two questions. One, as a casual player who tends to get tilted by sweats, I often look for ways to simply enjoy myself instead of bending over backwards for the win. Have you ever considered doing an episode on Apex Mindfulness? Five ways to have more fun, goofy builds, comps, how to less, how to let losses slide, etc. Two, I'm in Watson and I'm nervous seeing rumors surrounding a potential nerf. I feel like she doesn't get much love from the devs as she is well known to be the least popular legend despite her win rate. Thoughts on her state, both current and potential future. Thanks guys. Love the pod. Thanks so Great much, Wyme. That's really kind and good questions. The first one, yes, this is something that we've considered in the past. This idea of how do you have fun playing Apex, focusing on that, uh, or how to protect your mental health in such a competitive cutthroat game. Um, it's one that we haven't really nailed down yet because it kind of requires us to be a little bit negative, at least to begin the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, to actually admit the truth that sometimes Apex is very frustrating and you can get upset because we care so much. Um, But it's definitely something I like the idea. I think that there's some really cool things we could explore with it. It's still on the list for sure. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, Getting Henry to talk about not going for the win will always be a challenging one, I think. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. Big facts. Big facts. Uh, For your second question though, I have not personally seen a lot of nerf talk for Watson. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Henry, but I do think that we are on the same page in that we think a buff is needed and a buff is hopefully going to be coming from everything we've heard and is rumored. Uh, she's in an interesting spot. She's such an interesting legend in terms of when she's powerful, she defines the meta and how do you balance that with you know making her still fun to play she's a really interesting case study i hope people enjoy playing her now but i definitely think some changes are coming and some changes are hopefully needed for watson at this point yeah i would definitely agree i think that it's leaning on the side of a potential buff in the future however i understand the difficulty of that i mean totally it kind of comes down to play style do we want to make it so that every legend has mobility and you know the ability to do damage or support the team and in very clear ways. Watson's incredible at what she does. And as a mm-hmm. main, why me, you can certainly attest to that, that she's a very strong legend. So it's tough. I really feel for the developers that have to tackle this and put it into the game because she's so good at doing what she does that she's been nerfed. So how do you turn that around to make her different in a way while not changing the play style, which you should protect, I think. Different play styles should be protected and viable in Apex. 
It's a tough question, but that's why some people get paid the big bucks to make those decisions. Absolutely. Next <laughs> question coming from Lover. Hello. I will keep this short and sweet. Number one, do you miss the train? 1A, do you need? Do we need something to take its place? Number two, should we have more vehicles in Apex? If not, what should they add? Bonus, what happens if you kill a trident? I've never seen it happen. Great pod. Okay, I'll rapid fire these ones. Do you miss the train? Sometimes. Not really, if I'm being completely honest, guys. I never drop there. Do we need something to take its place? No, I think World's Edge is a very, very perfect map as it is, and they just destroyed three of the train stations, so I don't think we're getting a train back anytime soon. Should we have more vehicles in Apex? I don't think so. I don't like vehicles in Apex personally. Um, what should they add instead? Just keep bringing me new maps. Keep bringing me stuff. I don't need vehicles or tanks or crazy, you know, defining mechanics of the game. I think Apex at its purest is perfect as it is. What happens if you kill a Trident? I don't think you can make a Trident explode, but if you, you know, wreck a team, you can knock three people, you can stun it with an Arc Star and make it stop working entirely. Uh, but there is no health and like destruction of a Trident in the game. That's Feel free right. to give your answers though. No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, all these questions can also be summarized in that we have jump towers. Jump towers are awesome. Totally. Like they really get the job done and we've added a lot of things to add different options to rotate. And they're still not even needed. I still use jump towers all the time on every mm -hmm. map. And despite, you know, if there's a drain, not a train, if there's tridents, no tridents. So I think we're good. And, but I, w I will, you know, entertain the idea that the train was very fun. The supply ship is very fun. I like things like that. Do we need something to take its place? No. Well said. Next question coming from Boys Forever. Hey guys, I have a few questions. First, what are your thoughts on the sudden influx of Warzone players? I, for one, have seen a lot of campers. Second, what are your thoughts on cross progression being delayed over and over? Shots at the Warzone yeah, campers. Yeah, up. I, I don't know. I am not aware of any substantial change. Uh, it, it might just be the different lobbies that I'm in. I'm not feeling a, a drastic shift. I love new players coming to the game. Um, let them camp. That's fine. More kills yeah. for me. We got a lot of COD streamers frustrated with the game that are bringing their audiences to Apex. Don't gatekeep. Let people play. Let people learn the game. It's such a hard game to learn and get used to that there are going to be some campers and some people trying to figure things out for themselves. We love new players, Warzone or otherwise. Welcome them with open arms. Thank you for being here and listening to the greatest Apex pod. <laughs> That's right. Next question coming from Evoker. This is the best Apex podcast out there. I love it and you should check it out. The hosts are fun, happy, and always energized. They are awesome and have great tips on how to play, win, and get kills in the game. Thank you, you guys so much for everything you've done and please keep up the great work. My question is, I'm fairly new to the game and I'm not that good, but could you guys give me some general tips on how to improve and really be a better player? Thank you guys so much. Man, you are in the right spot, Evoker. Listening to Pod, it's getting knowledge. I think there's some other key things you can do. One, Apex is a game that comes, it's hard, and it's going to take a lot of time. You're going to have to play a lot, and I personally believe you should get into as many fights as possible. You don't need to like push everything and like rush from one point to another, 
but maybe don't for a long time. You know, just like try and camp for the win, hoping you'll get that one dub at the end. You're going to really need to improve your gun skill and your ability to read combat to become a much better Apex Legends player. And the only t- way to do that is to get into fights. So getting into fights is going to help you fast track your way to improve. Besides that, being a better player, I think watching better players is going to help you become a better player. Go check out some streamers. Maybe if we pop on the stream, you can watch and hopefully learn a thing or two. But check out some people. Check out Daltus. Check out uh, Simply Ashton. There's some really good players out there. And I've always been one that I think when you watch people that are doing something at a high level, you can learn a thing or two. I think getting your reps in is a great way to improve. And with arenas, there isn't a better way than that. Play arenas get comfortable with the best weapons in the game. I think we talk about them all the time in order to how how things change, but the R301 is one that you should be practicing and using. And in terms of legends, there's a lot of great options, but if you're up in the air, Bangalore is the best option for the middle ground, the push and pull legend that gives you the versatility to react to situations easier than others. Um, but other than that, there's so much to dive into. Keep listening to the podcast, keep watching, keep playing, and uh, I'm sure you'll get better. Last question coming from Simply Kroll. Valk Main can't wait for an heirloom. Do you think they should put a bar to indicate when the L-Star is going to overheat? I think it would help to use more effectively. Yeah. Great question. Really interesting in that we have other elements like this. Um, You know, we have magazines, obviously, that show you how many shots you have left. We have... uh, the charge up now of the the rampage and the sentinel that give you kind of a, a bar that indicates how much you have left. We also have bars on optics that show how much ammo is left in the clip. So there's a lot of precedence for something like this. And L Star is just such a unique case that you're right. It is based off of feel and sound that really dictate how many more shots you have uh, before you overheat. This is honestly a really good idea that could make the L-Star much more approachable for all players. Yeah, it's a hard gun to use. This would definitely help. I agree. That's going to wrap up our show, though. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. And check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>